The Holler Kings, where the horrors Southern fried. Hello, it's me, Craig. And it's me, Adam. And we're the Holler Kings. The Holler Kings. The number one rated <laughs> southern-themed uh, horror podcast of Middle Tennessee by two guys named Craig and Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I gave enough... I feel like we can corner that market successfully. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you zeroed in. Yeah. <laughs> zeroed in, yes. Um, so there shouldn't be any flaws in my system. That should be good. <laughs> I think we're okay. <laughs> Speaking of flaws in the system, what movie are we talking about today? We are talking about The Blazing World. This reality is just one gradation of a whole series of planes of existence. The physical or the metaphysical realm? Can someone be taken against their will? By what? Can they be brought back if they're trapped? Don't be afraid. We met before. Don't you remember? (laughs) What are you? She is imprisoned between life and death. Let me bring her back. She is held by three demons to open the door, find the three, and take their keys. And I warn you, they're not going to be as nice to you as I am. (laughs) The Blazing World from 2021 from filmmaker Carlson Young. Yes, Carlson Young. Wrote, directed, and starred in this film. Just doing it all. Really? Yeah. One, one woman show. Very impressive. Yeah. Because it was, and I, I know it, this was all kind of filmed uh, during like COVID. So it was filmed during like quarantine and all that. To be honest, I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. I should have. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense because um, so many of the scenes are one-on-one. and Right. That's it's sort pretty of limited cast yeah. and all that. Tell me, tell me about the blazing world, Adam. Blazing world. It's uh, about a woman named margaret who she's she's got some demons in her past mm-hmm. and finally decides to go back to her childhood home to confront those demons fair enough this is it was marketed i feel like or or at least the trailer and uh, imdb and whatnot kind of make us feel like this is going to be a horror film mm-hmm. on some level yeah but it definitely isn't. I mean, it's kind of a fantasy, kind of dreamlike quality that has some horror elements and, you know, some imagery that's kind of horror. But right. I definitely don't want to sell anyone on the idea this, that is, this is a horror film. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought there was definitely plenty of horror elements to it. Um, but it's uh, not. Our first disagreement. <laughs> 
But yeah, I, I mean, I could. It's definitely not horror in the tradition of what you would expect. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could definitely. If someone's like, "Hey, recommend me a horror movie," I wouldn't go to this one. Right. Off the bat, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm biting my tongue. Uh, so th- this is set in Texas. This is Austin, Texas. Yeah. And it feels very Austin-y in some scenes. Yeah, um, I dev- definitely could feel that yeah. in kind of the backdrop of the scenes and in the architecture of the buildings of like her Ooh, yeah. childhood home and all that. Yeah. I could definitely, yeah, it definitely felt, the characters never really feel too Southern, but the the landscape around them does that's, for that's sure. The good point with like uh, some of the sequences when she's in other dimensions and stuff like that. It uh, feels very Southern Gothic, too, with like, yeah. the decay of these antiquated buildings and, right. and stuff like that. It's yeah. nice touches like that. And the filmmaker, Miss Carlson Young, is from Fort Worth, Texas. So she yes. is yeah. bona fide Southerner. That's one of the reasons we're profiling this film. Yeah. Yeah, She she's the reason it got on my radar at all. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I was a fan of hers from, she was Brooke in the Scream TV series. Well, yeah, from well that and she was of course the infamous Jay Quallen, but uh, what was that? Jay Quallen. <laughs> there was I'm, you probably you may have seen it. There was a Key and Pill skit that oh, went okay. kind of viral, and it's uh, the one where um, Keegan Michael Key it's uh, a substitute teacher, and it's kind of this riff of how you know white people can't pronounce any names other than like john and kevin and stuff like that and so he's this uh substitute teacher who can't pronounce white names correctly (laughs) so like she's jacqueline but he calls her jay qualin when taking attendance (laughs) and all that okay let's take a roll here jay qualin where's jay qualin at no jay qualin here yeah uh do you mean jacqueline okay so that's how it's gonna be y'all want to play Okay, then. I've got my eye on you, Jay Quellen. Really funny skit. But yeah, she was in that. and uh, But yeah, from that, and then she was on Scream. But I think when I looked up her IMDb, she was also on other sketch comedy shows. Maybe she has a little bit of a, um, like improv background because she was on yeah. The Crawl Show. And I feel like something else in that wheelhouse other than uh, the Key and Peele show. But... Yeah, because she was in a couple of their s- skits. Mm. I think it was just the ones with like the substitute teacher. I don't know. May, she may have done more, but I know there was two featuring that substitute teacher that she was in in the skits mm. with them. But yeah, yeah, that's how she came on my radar from that. And I was just looking through movies one day, and it popped up, and I was kind of you know I read what it was about. I was like, oh yeah, okay, that kind of sounds interesting. And then I saw her name attached to director and star. I was like, oh. So I went and watched the trailer and all that. And this was originally a short film. Yes. That was also at Sundance. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Have from you, like you, 2018. I have think. you watched that as I well? I did. I did yeah. watch it. Yeah. How does that compare to the, to the feature? Um, for the most part, I mean, you could, you could see the kind of like, uh, I guess you could say the sort of like bones of what she wanted to create with the movie. It, it's different in that it, it, loses there's really none of the like southern tones that are 
in the movie. It's at UCLA, right? Yeah. Or like a college. Yeah, you could setting. you could definitely tell it's in that kind of um in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Especially like I said, down to like the architecture, like the home that they use is definitely like a more modern California mm-hmm. style home. Um so and like I mean, it's just a short film. It's like 13 minutes, so it doesn't really get into the nit and grit of it. But, like, instead of a sister, it's a brother. And he's not, he never died in the movie. She just kind of starts seeing this impetus of this, like, glowing, or, you know, this, like, black portal and all that. So there were definitely seeds of it that you could see to what she ends up doing with the actual movie. Well, how how did you actually feel about this this about the movie yeah give us (laughs) give us your feelings it's it was kind of a roller coaster of emotions because i don't know how you feel about it from what i'm I'm getting i'm trying what i'm reading air it out before i get into it uh, from what i'm reading uh you weren't too big a fan of it and i kind of felt that at first but over as as it built along as i kept watching the movie I did get in kind of enthralled with it. And I, I think coming out of it at the end, I did enjoy it. Like how we were talking, I don't know if it's one I'd recommend to just anybody really, but overall I did like it. Cause you talked about first filmmaker. You could definitely see this as a first time filmmakers, uh, journey of a lot of different references and pulling from other filmmakers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you got stuff like The Shining was in there, and you could tell this this feels like something Del Toro would have produced or something like that. Sure. You see those elements and those uh, where you could you could tell where she had influences from mm. these other filmmakers. But I mean, overall, I think she did I, she did a really good job with it. because I know Ooh. from the very beginning, it just it's it's such an off kilter movie. Nothing about this feels standard kind of uh like standard operating procedure for mm. what you would think th- this type of movie would be when once you kind of get that down that you're into something a little bit off kilter i think it's easier to digest you know this reminds i mean they're completely different movies in the sense of style and tone and everything but just being that kind of like off-kilterness of something like the greasy strangler mm-hmm. and then this just it doesn't feel patterned as what most standard movies would be that's fair this is definitely not like a sid field uh screenwriting type of scenario where it right. has a structured you know act one act two act three it's, yeah. it's very um it, when i was watching it I, I mean obviously i thought of you just because it has a very dreamlike quality and deliberately so I think. And it reminded me of a Lynch film in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. So I thought that would be kind of in your wheelhouse, like a mm-hmm. lot of the imagery and um, some of the, uh, the lighting choices and everything made me think of, you know, stuff like Suspiria. Yeah. It and, definitely gets Argento-esque yeah. or Italian in general. And a little bit of uh, Mandy vibes yeah, yeah, in yeah. a few moments where, yeah. where I kind of felt like, there was a nice thing that I, I felt like they did where in dialogue scenes, I, I guess to kind of express like distance between the characters sometimes, mm-hmm. 
they would be lit completely differently. So like right. her, her, you know, the protagonist, she's like say blue, and then it cuts back to the person she's talking to, and they're like orange or red, like kind of going back and forth. Uh, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting ideas and everything. But my biggest criticism is, I mean, this is a feature length movie. Yeah, and. Like I, I did my due diligence. I watched this twice. Mm-hmm. I watched it twice, and so much of it is her walking with no dialogue. Yeah, it's just her like walking on a beach, her walking in a field, her walking down a hallway, and just looking bewildered uh-huh. and confused. And you know, and, and God bless her. I mean, I respect it so much that she had the confidence to be like, people will want to watch me walk around <laughs> silently and they'll be enthralled by it because that's like i mean seriously that's 40 percent of this movie mm-hmm. is is that and sometimes it's establishing a setting and a mood but sometimes it felt like it felt like an old horror movie where it's in the woods and the characters are lost and they have to walk around the woods for a while to yeah. kind of pad give us an extra 10 minutes uh-huh. to make sure this is a feature length movie you know what i mean yeah yeah and it felt that like i felt the strain of it sometimes did you that that it didn't feel like there was a, there were enough ideas for a feature length movie and right. they padded it with you know some of this imagery now the covid stuff i didn't even con- you brought that up right now and i i wasn't thoughtful enough to even think of that stuff so mm-hmm. that probably affected things quite a bit yeah with the screenwriting and, and how it had to be filmed and everything uh so in fairness to them i mean you know there were some serious constraints and everything but yeah continue though continue that that was just my i'm massaging in <laughs> some of my criticism i'm trying not to go at this with knives out just because i do really respect like a singular vision like right. i think she had a co-writer but yeah. for the most part this seems to be her show and and i really do respect that like Uh in all seriousness so i'm trying not to just you know come at it too harsh or whatever (laughs) that was my pulled punch (laughs) there were a couple scenes where i did kind of notice the pacing uh but for the most part this movie didn't drag too much for me um i could I, i could see there was this you were mentioned the sand the part on the sand dunes when she's like walking through them like Okay, you could have cut some of this back. We didn't need all of this. So, yeah, there were a few scenes like that where it definitely could have lost a few minutes. And, I mean, yeah, you could just chalk that up to just being, like, first-time filmmaker. Overall, because I've seen plenty of first-time filmmaker stuff, I was really impressed with being so sure about her vision and how she wanted to do it. Because like I said, the easy thing would have been to structure this like so many fantasy movies we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really feel like that. At least not many that I've seen. So to have that kind of vision and be able to execute it for, I mean, what I feel was successful. Mm. So... I lost my train of thought. No, but yeah, go ahead. I, I don't mean to make it sound like I thought it was some big train wreck. Right. This, yeah, uh, no. By any means. I mean, I do think this is super competent and shows a lot of potential and talent and completely would be interested in something else made by this filmmaker. So I don't, I don't mean to make it sound like it was just like I was sitting here just like, you know, punching mirrors and stuff <laughs> that I was so frustrated with it. You know, is this sometimes I did feel... It, it, it was a little overbloated and uh, 
they didn't quite have enough material to warrant the runtime. Yeah. Um, but, you know, talking about her as a filmmaker, I mean, it is a testament to her skill that she's able to attract like veteran actors because there's some pretty recognizable yeah, people I mean, you in got this film. Udo Kier in yeah. here, uh, Vanessa Shaw, um, our boy Dermot Mulroney. Mulroney. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A Virginian. He's another Southerner. Oh, yes. really? Yeah. Yeah, it's got a it's got a hell of a cast to it, mm-hmm. um, and they, and they all I think do a good job with with the parts they're given and um, having pretty tough almost like monologues in yeah. a lot of cases you know because so much of it is her reacting to antagonist you know kind of giving her speeches mm-hmm. and uh, you know um, so so they're given quite a bit of heavy lifting to do in, in their scenes which probably was a lot of fun for yeah. them as actors yeah. you know i was i was interested it really the the acting kind of was they made some interesting choices it felt there was parts of it where it felt i don't know i don't know if it's to have this kick of just being otherworldly kind of um but the the acting seems heightened in a lot of areas yeah and and you know it has to be deliberate because we've seen all these actors and other stuff do it in much more subtle ways. Those that, that was one thing that kind of took me a minute to get kind of acclimated with was just some of the acting styles that they went through. Well, I mean, it is a little bit melodrama, and, and people always associate that as a negative thing, but it's yeah. not. It's just a choice of, of kind of heightened, right. you know. I mean, you go back to, like, old cinema, that's pretty much all it, sure. how everybody... I, yeah, I guess it's this theater sense that kind of carried over, and it's kind of been... It's gone to the wayside nowadays because, I mean, the whole point of that type of acting was so... You could enunciate it. People could see your expression and hear what you're saying. Where nowadays you don't need it. But yeah, yeah, I don't. I, it's not a sense of like bad acting. It's just a heightened sense of I don't even want to call it overacting. But I mean, yeah, like like you said, more of like a melodrama type of. I definitely think it's a choice, and it adds to the fairy tale slash dreamlike yeah. quality sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, and I accepted that pretty quickly. Actually, um, I noticed it too, but. I never was, it never took me out of it. And in fact, it kind of drew me in yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it does. With, with the acting. It, it pushed me away at first, but it does end up drawing mm-hmm. you in. Especially like the beginning scene kind of threw me off. I was like, what? Because it has this odd choice of music to it. And there is the overacting of like Vanessa Shaw, who plays Carlson, Carlson Young, Margaret, uh, plays her mother in it, where she's like, cooking and stuff and she's like doing these like big hand gestures when she grabs the knife and starts cutting the carrots and i was like what what am i watching here (laughs) so it it did take a minute and then as it kept moving along i was like oh okay okay i see what they're doing here that this is part of the fantasy element and kind of the nature of creating your own world that and structuring it to be different than the reality what well, it, it also maybe is working on two different levels of, you know, all three of these characters, the parents and the protagonist, they share trauma of uh, the main character, her twin sister drowned in a pool. Uh, and that's kind of like this 
like tipping point for all these characters mm -hmm. where it's almost like they're all stuck in that spot. Yeah. Even though it's many years later, it's probably 25 years later, but, but they're all kind of like, I feel like what's the protagonist's name? Margaret. Mar Margaret is almost childlike in some ways. Yeah. She's almost kind of stuck at that point. And then the parents have not moved an inch. I mean, they're identical to how they were, yeah. you know, on that, the day of the death. Um, and also, I wonder, too, if it's also supposed to kind of be almost like Margaret's POV a little bit. A little bit. Like, this is all maybe, even could be that all this is in her head. It's, it's like heightened a little yeah. bit because that's how she's seeing them because she's still seeing them almost like in a childlike way. Mm -hmm. So they're a little bit more heightened and animated. Because and, I feel like her friends, there's a sequence where she's at a bar just hanging out with like friends she grew up with and everything. Yeah. They seem pretty grounded for the yeah, most part. That, that's what I, yeah, that, that's the only part where the acting kind of seems on a more traditional basis of mm -hmm. how you would see in movies now. There were a couple of the characters, I mean, a couple characters get a little heightened, but for the most part, it kind of is almost, now the setting has an otherworldly sense, but the characters themselves seem to be uh, on a more, like, I get a grounded level, yeah. I guess. Which and one of those the that main guy that she's with in that scene was on his name's John Carna. Mm -hmm. John or James, something like that, Carna. Um but he's on he was in the Scream T V series with her. Gotcha. Uh he played Noah, who's sort of like the Randy character. Okay. So nice. Did you get the literary reference? The uh, to the the, the title description, and stuff like that. yeah, to the book, yeah, yeah, because this is loose, very loosely based on the book. It's like the description of a new world called the Blazing World, yeah. and the writer of that is Margaret, yes, Cavendish, yes. So, so I think that was a little reference to the the character name, yeah. And apparently, it's it's considered. It was written in the seventeenth century, sixteen yeah, like sixty. Yeah. yeah, I actually listened to it. Really? Uh, yeah, I listened to the. Uh, uh, there's a like an audio book of it. I listened to it um, after watching the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. In, any so it's not that. It's, it's just inspired by it yeah, a little bit. Maybe other other than it being a female protagonist who's basically creating, going to either spiritually or physically into a new world of their sort of own creation in a way. Other than that, there's. And it's called the Blazing World. Other than that, there's really no connection. Yeah. What's what? I, I, when I was reading up on it a little bit, I, I saw that a lot of there's a lot of like uh, literary criticism written about it. Yeah, it's seen as very prolific. Yeah, but it was like some of the earliest science fiction. That's, and, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. They, they consider it kind of like a proto science fiction novel, and one of the first examples of a utopian. Right. Uh, you know, where it shows like a future society, and that's kind of perfect and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so a real trailblazer. I I never heard of it to be honest. I, I had it to either. my attention. Yeah. yeah, I just happened to, after discovering the movie. I just looked it up and found that on YouTube you can listen to this uh, recording of it. It's got to be public domain yeah. many times over, yeah. right? Um, and the the audio book is public domain. That's why you can find it on YouTube and stuff like nice. that. So. Well, and that's what we did. We didn't really talk about like the actual plot of this. Again, I don't think that we need to break it down, but just for a listener that maybe hasn't 
you know, dug into this yet. It, it is, uh, you know, she has this childhood trauma, the protagonist of her sister dying at a young age. And she remembers seeing like a strange man at a portal uh, upon the death of her sister. And that's always kind of like haunted her. And eventually she speculates that maybe her sister still exists on some dimension yeah, in, she, in another, if she can find access to this portal, she can like find her sister again. Yeah. And so it's kind of her journey through different dimensions and yeah, it's all cause it's all just really escapism. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, you get a scene, it's clear that there's some domestic abuse going on between her parents this only kind of what only kind of this only light I guess she has uh, is taken away, which is her sister, and so it's all this escapism of like she's still got to be around, and I got to find her, and there's this other world where she has to be. So, and I mean we we keep talking about another world and fantasy and stuff like that. It's somewhat grounded though, because they never go full tilt where it's like you know, a CGI goblin jumps yeah, out or something yeah. like that. It's it's all people in pretty moderate costuming. I mean, if any, in some yeah. cases. I some, mean, of, just, some of it is in her childhood home. Right. That she she just enters into this world and then goes into her another version of her childhood home. Yeah, it's all pretty steeped in reality as far as, like, this isn't like labyrinth or anything like that. Yeah. Although, I mean, there are touches where, where I couldn't help but think of labyrinth or certainly pan's labyrinth where it, it feels a little skewed and a little dark, oh, even yeah, though it's yeah. fantasy realm. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that she's in kind of a dress the whole time mm-hmm. and she's a blonde woman, it kind of made me think of Alice in Wonderland. I, in, I, I, in I did get moments. instances of that yeah. too. Definitely. Yeah. I, I definitely see. I mean, you, Kind of throw a dart at any kind of like fantasy type elements in the past, and you can kind of see influences there, especially like, like you said, Alice or uh, Del Toro stuff. Um, not just Labyrinth, but yeah. Going back to the sand dunes, that scene when she goes into that little hut. With uh, the woman there is supposed to be like a demon that she's got to get the key from because that's where this where this all goes is she ends up finally going into the blazing world. She's met by a gentleman played by Udo Kier. Amazingly, he's so he's so great in the movie. He's so good, and uh, he tells her informs her that there are four locks and she has to find the four keys, and she has to get them from these demons. So when she goes that into the sand dunes and to find that demon and get the key, like that scene, I don't know. It was just, it's, it felt very horror to me mm-hmm. in the, in the music, how it times so well with what's going on on screen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it had me kind of unnerved and throughout the whole thing of it. I don't know how you felt about no, it. No, I, I agree. They did a great job. Sometimes overwrought music uh, bothers me, but I, I feel like they use the score really well, yeah. really cleverly um, yeah. to help help kind of heighten moments and illustrate, you know, what, what characters are feeling and everything. Uh, 
again, because it's kind of fantasy realm, I feel like it, it, it worked in its favor. Yeah. It didn't take me out of it. Yeah. Yeah. There would just be these scenes, like, anytime the demon character, like, like I said, it's just a person. It's her mom mm-hmm. and with, like, a mask on. But anytime, like, she, she, like, darts her eyes a certain way, there would be, like, these stings of music. I don't know. It just felt very off kilter throughout it and the set design in that scene was really cool too because yeah. it was all about decay and uh-huh. uh, rot and everything and there's a lot of like little elements that are <laughs> pretty pretty gruesome uh, you know just yeah. natural elements yeah you know? that i mean really i thought that's another like the the set design of this movie is pretty amazing mm-hmm. given that this couldn't have been a huge budget movie right that they stretched that budget so as far as they did with the because everything again it almost has a otherworldly element to it i mean really it does all the set designs down to her apartment at the beginning to like the bar they go to called the woods and to her childhood home it all has it's so meticulously designed that it does it is otherworldly in itself because it feels so heightened it's weird how like you know the whole like kismet thing works because it's it's just crazy right now how multiverse stuff is so huge yeah Uh, you know like multiple realities and multiverse i mean it's just everywhere right now it's kind of interesting seeing it go all the way to you know, this indie, you know, low budget movie all the way up to like Disney productions and everything yeah. right now. It's just having its moment right now. It's, you know, pretty wild. And maybe, maybe it was the benefit of, I don't want to say the benefit, but maybe the reason of it being during COVID, it was easier to get people to come in and shoot this movie because they're not working. They're like, yeah, I want to. Not only do I want to make some money, even if it's a little bit, I want to get these creative juices flowing. Sure. So, I mean, that could have benefited the movie in some way to get uh, some really great people mm-hmm. on the on set to do like the designs and all that. Uh, what what I what I was impressed with was just what, not the story, but what she fleshed out around it. Any of the scenes uh, that should be kind of like horror, I thought where she did really well. Mm-hmm. Like the other scene when she goes to the demon with her, that's her played by her dad. Again, just the way he moved and the sound design with it, as he's like scratching at his face and all this, it triggered in me something. I don't know. Like it just had this unnerving quality about it where I, di- I didn't see in those instances where it was going to go next, what the characters were going to do. Uh, I mean, I think that's a really fair rebuttal to, 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 to you know, kind of emphasize that it's more about the visuals and kind of a mood. Oh, yeah, that's what I was... Yeah, like yeah, actual, yeah. you know, story and, and dialogue. It's it's right. more of like a journey than it is, uh, you know, telling like a any kind of like grounded story that's, you know, relying on dialogue and, and you know, character development and stuff like that. It's a little bit different. Um what did you think of those horror elements? Did you think they oh, were? Because yeah. I, I I thought they were I thought they were on par. No, it, but it's, I totally or agree. Is, um, does, is on par? Is that? I mean, that's up to par, maybe. Maybe I don't, I, I don't know above par. I thought they were like really well 
structured and well done to the point that as an avid horror fan for as long as I've been it kind of threw they kind of threw me off. I was really impressed with them. I demand your rating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's rate it. Go for it. Oh, uh, I will give it a. Hold on. Do you want me to go first? Because I'll I'll probably lowball it. You might want to you might want to pump okay. it up. Okay, you go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. What I... do you rate the Blazing World? Now, after our discussion, uh-huh. this is getting kicked up a little bit. Okay. So I just I want to emphasize that because had we not talked about this and had you not influenced me, this would be getting a much lower rating. <laughs> okay. So your 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 points hit home and you're very correct. I'm gonna give this a C plus. Okay. So better than average, showing a lot of potential for for something I would be genuinely interested in going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe she's in the mode of I forgot the the director name of Mandy. Um, I know it, but I can't pronounce it right very easily. That might be why I'm so, avoiding it. But yeah, she might be in the mode of she wants to make dreamlike, mm-hmm. you know, Lynchian. Now, were you a big you know? fan of Mandy? Not really. No. See, I wasn't either. That's why. I, that's why I was wondering, because Mandy was one. I mean, we're not going to sit here and review Mandy, but that was one where I watched and I was just like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that was another great example of an overbloated. It was basically like I feel like this is stronger than Mandy in a lot of ways, but Mandy it was, was shorter. That's for sure. Yeah, Mandy was basically a music video. I mean, it was just, it was visuals yeah. set to really cool music and cool visuals. Looked but, great. Yeah, but man, but, but there were just there were just moments where it was just like or extended sequences where it just felt so masturbatory. Masturbatory. Yes, thank I'm you. very good at that word. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled it right out. Uh, Whereas this felt very, uh, Blazing World felt very zeroed in. And yeah. even though I do feel like it was overbloated sometimes, it still felt z- like focused. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was literally just trying to make a music video. There was there was a little bit more intent for me. But obviously Mandy was a phenomenon. I mean, people, I mean, people seem to love it. Love it. And so who am I to say? But yeah, it was one that just, it didn't click with me. Yeah. C plus for the Blazing World. Boom. There it is. You know what? You rated it better than I thought you were going to. Well, that's to. what I'm saying. You made yeah. some good points. And, and I realize, again, it's more like what I wanted versus what they gave us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I, I, like it's not fair to them that but it's like I was we kind of wanting just, a different movie, yeah. you know? It's like we're saying with Mandy. Mandy wouldn't what I wanted mm. it to be, but that didn't make it bad. Right. I mean, obviously, people seem to love it. Mm. But it wasn't what I wanted it to be. So... Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Um, I would give it a, I'll give it an even B. Yum. Yeah. I definitely agree with you that it could have lost some of the fat in some parts. Um, not a crazy amount, maybe like five minutes, maybe pushing it up to ten if you really want to really just get it down to the nit and gritty. I think it could have definitely lost some of those elements, but overall... I, and once you get past those caveats of it's this is all fantasy even from the get-go and it's heightened it's not going to be what you expect it to be as far as like the acting and all that I really got into it and I thought everything was I thought this was about to be a first-time filmmaker I thought she was very self-assured and knew 
like you were saying, she pinpointed she knew her vision yeah. and what she wanted to do with it. And I was really impressed with all that. And I, I really did, even though there were a couple of parts where it lagged, I never really felt bored during it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it kind of, it played all the way through. And I was like, man, that felt pretty quick. Even though there were a couple of parts where I was like, okay, that's lagging a little bit. That could probably go. But overall, I thought it, it moved really well. And they didn't do, I was really worried. Uh, there's a point where she is in the bathtub. She's got a razor and all this. And then it cut. there's a point where it cuts that shows Udo Kier holding her underwater. I was really worried it was going to get to the end and like she was dead the whole time. Mm. And they didn't do that, thankfully. Spoiler alert. So if you're watching it <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck. No, they don't do that. Yeah. So I was really worried about that. I was like, God, if the, she ends up being dead the whole time, I'm going to punch my TV. Mm. But they didn't. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'd give it an even B. Giving it a B minus from the Holler Kings. There it is. The Holler Kings say, well, in Adam's case, <laughs> check it out. I, I don't. I, I, like, I would say this. If you love move, if you love Italian cinema and you love movies like Mandy, check it out. I, I'm gonna say just take our word for it that this is an up and coming filmmaker to look out for. <laughs> you don't have to watch the movie though. Maybe you could just watch the trailer, <laughs> and you'd be fine. But Adam says watch it. So and just, Craig just, says it's shit. <laughs> We like to end every episode of the Holler Kings with a segment we call Holler at Your Boys. Yeah! Holler back, y'all. <laughs> this is where open topic. We can talk about whatever we want. What would you like to talk about today, well, I Craig? We're watching, uh, we're talking about a film that is based in fantasy and the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And I thought... Let's talk about a paranormal experience we've had. Yes. Let's share with uh, with our listeners. Let's do that. What? Has, I, sorry. <laughs> I have a recent paranormal. Oh, experience. do you really? Yes. Something recent? This this is one that uh, was instantly debunked by by my wife, but I saw something. Oh shit! This is uh, I've had a night job that I recently quit uh, or ended. But um, I had an evening job. Because of ghosts? Yes. (laughs) It was. (laughs) I I had a night job. I was very late night at a building. This is going to show my hand here, show what I was doing. I was by the dumpster. Oh, shit. And uh, I glanced over, and it's like a a small field, and there's another building. Mm -hmm. And I saw a figure walking up uh, the, the, I guess... The street towards the building, uh-huh. uh, and this was about one thirty in the morning, and it was just like a random figure, you know, walking up, and I was like, "Well, that's weird. I've never seen someone out here this late, you know, across the way over there." And it was probably about twenty feet, maybe thirty feet, so not like a really far, yeah, y- yeah. you know, not and, like a hundred fifty feet away where you're like, uh, right, is right. that something? It or? was definitely a person, a hundred percent, and it was. Under a street light, like a, one of those blue uh-huh. street lights. So the figure was a man, pretty large guy, and he was shaved head. That's all I really know because I only saw them from behind or whatever. 
But anyway, I, I, I just kind of noted it. I got into my truck to leave. Um, I mean, this is like seconds or whatever, right? And when I pulled, backed my truck up with the, the headlights on, no one was there. And it was like 10 seconds. So the person should have still been walking up that pathway towards that building. Yeah. But they weren't there anymore. That's what stuck in my head is like, right. that's really weird. Like, what the hell happened? You know? And when I told my wife, she was immediately like, ah, they probably just ran to the woods. They probably realized someone was there and they got freaked out and they ran. And I'm like, well, why? Why would yeah. someone be upset that I was there? I mean, they weren't doing anything wrong. They how, were just walking. How far off was the woods from where? They this... would have had to sprint. Yeah. It's possible, but they would have had to go, oh, shit, there's someone there. I don't want to be seen. I'm sprinting as fast as possible into the woods. Yeah. Maybe. And even then, I think I would have caught them, like, like kinda... the tail end. Like, huh? Like, you know, just saw them walk, running in. So it was a really weird sighting. And to me... It was one of those things I was kind of excited because I'm very skeptical and, and I don't believe in anything paranormal at yeah. all outside of aliens and only that and like the scientific, there's probably an alien somewhere right. in the universe. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't believe in anything paranormal. So I was like jazzed. Like I was like, holy crap. I saw something weird. This is, this is something I can't easily explain. And I was so excited. And yeah, my wife was just like, eh. Like I showed her, like I told her the story, she kind of downplayed it and I took pictures as reference. Like this is, this is the pathway. These are the woods. Uh -huh. And she was like, ah, he could have made it. You know, I was like, no, he couldn't. <laughs> like this guy would have to be like a world-class athlete to sprint as soon as he saw me. And then also, why would he? Like that, that's my biggest question. Yeah, is like, why, why would someone take go? Off? Yeah. I mean, like there's nothing wrong with someone, uh, there are parks nearby this this building I was working at, so I mean it's not out of the question that someone might be walking in the park real late night. I mean if they just felt so inclined, so it's yeah. not like I mean and some rando in a truck isn't like well I mean what am I going to do if they were in the wrong for being there? Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. Have I you? was chilled to the <laughs> to the core. I've woken up late at night thinking of that man walking down that path. <laughs> Keep, keeps you up yeah keeps you up at night yeah absolutely uh now you said that you don't really believe in that stuff no, and no, this was something recent so had yeah. you ever had anything in the past at all no no and i i've even back when i did corrections for the state i had to do like an academy mm -hmm. and uh supposedly the the academy used to be a school for boys and it was haunted supposedly they had all these stories and and i stayed there for like six weeks and never had one single like everyone i worked with was like oh my god the, the sink came on or i i heard somebody walking down the you know like they yeah. had all these little stories and you know i never saw anything or heard anything and uh, the closest thing and this is might be a little bit of a what do you call it a tease is as a really young kid being scared of the bell witch uh -huh. like believing that the bell witch was a real thing and something that could really happen but i never had any actual experiences with the bell witch yeah but that was definitely the only time that i felt like you know there was potential for something occult slash supernatural to happen yeah here you know yeah how about you you, you, um, you kind of believe in some stuff or? no not really not I at all either yeah, yeah. Just, it just doesn't i don't think anyone's dumb or silly for believing no. in it. i'm just not i just don't have that personality I, I I always just like to 
reference myself as a hopeful skeptic. Mm. Like, I really want it to all be true, but, I mean, I just don't really, I don't know. Like, there have been, you know, there. like, I, I had this one distinct memory of, because, you know, you always see something out of your peripheral, you know, like, oh, what was that? Right, right. But I have one distinct memory of being, like, in my home in the bathroom, uh, my child, your, oh, childhood home. Okay. Yeah. I had to been like 10, 11, I guess, like looking in the mirror and seeing something in my peripheral, but it wasn't just like some like swoosh of like just something black. It seemed like a fully formed figure walked yeah. past me. Like I went out of the hallway. I was like, Oh, this is dad home or something. Mm-hmm. But like nobody was there. And there was nobody around. I, I mean, I still can't. Ex- I, I just kind of explain it off as uh, it just had to have been something, just like how you think you see something, but there's nothing there. But even it's the only one we see stuff like that all the time out of peripheral. But I don't really remember. It's the only one I ever remember because I can't. It seems so much like a human figure walking past. You know, like because bathrooms in the middle sort of of where the hallway would be so they had enough room to walk past into the rest of the hallway i i really can't explain it other than uh it was just my imagination or something but it's always stuck with me as being something there but ultimately i always just come back uh it was just my imagination it was nothing I mean, and there's been plenty of times where I've been freaked out by something or oh, something yeah. scared me or whatever. So I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm just like some super brave guy that never, you know, gets freaked out. I'll never forget when I saw uh, the Blitter Witch Project Oh yeah. Uh, as a teenager. Uh, I saw it and it really disturbed me and, and affected me. I thought it was really great. And uh, I came home from the theater and my parents, we, we lived in a very rural area surrounded by woods. Uh-huh. And I had to take the trash out. And I remember distinctly taking the trash, sprinting to the trash can, really? slamming it in and just like running it. You know what I mean? Like I, I sprinted back and forth because I was scared to be out close to the woods after seeing the Blair Witch yeah. project. You know what I mean? So uh, I definitely have my moments of like, I guess my heart kind of thinks, oh, something could be real. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. there's something emotionally going on. Yeah, but- there's there's always those points where you, you're just being, I guess, irrational in a sense. Because yeah. I mean... It's kind of it's kind of fascinating how movies can do that because how many times had you been in those woods, been around those woods, exactly and yeah. watching a movie like that all of a sudden that irrational fear comes in and goes, all these woods I've been around my whole life are suddenly terrifying. <laughs> it's suddenly so, inhabited by yeah by uh, this fictional witch, witch that's not yeah. real and that yeah was never there before. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting how that works. And yeah, I've had stuff like that happen where like I remember. You know, one time just being in the house by myself and then all of a sudden hear like a loud bang sure, like coming yeah. from the back. And then you go walking through. You can't explain what it was or, you know, didn't see anything on the floor like it fell or anything. But just not being just having something unexplainable like the TV come. On. I remember the TV cutting on a couple of times by itself. Nobody had the remote uh, and it just coming on or I remember one time, like it, the volume cranked up on it, and nobody had the remote. Yeah. Like, 
but I mean now I just chalk it up to like a faulty TV. Sure, but right, right. but in in the moment it's kind of like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like how how did that happen? Uh, so yeah, there are definitely stuff like that. Um, was there anything as a kid that you were scared of supernaturally, or did you were you pretty solid um, with all that stuff? No, like as far as like your instance with like Blair Witch sure, or stuff. I mean, or just you know, even um, younger, you know. No, I can't. I can't think of. I mean, if I can't think of anything too specific as far as like, like you said, being around from here, like the Bell Witch was always yeah. notorious and being kind of like freaked out by that. And, and as a kid, everyone had a story. It seemed like everybody, or somebody. Oh, had, you, you see know, the scar I got? That was from right. the Bell Witch. I literally heard that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did too. Yeah. Everybody, everybody. Hell, I probably told it to some people. It's like, oh, you see how I got this? <laughs> we got to, at some point, we are going to, just because this is Southern horror, we're going to do a deep dive into the Bell Witch. So yeah. uh, definitely have that on your radar. And if you want to reach out to us about any personal Bell Witch stories, we are very, very open to hearing them. So please reach out to us on yeah. our social media and in our email and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, that's thehollerkings at gmail.com and at thehollerkings on Instagram and Twitter. So give us your Bell Witch stories. Yeah, that'd be that'd actually be awesome. Yeah. That'd well, be I, really cool. I think the loose plan, just to tease it out, anyone that's listening this deep into the podcast, uh, is maybe do uh, Halloween time. We might do a series of Bell Witch films slash Bell Witch discussions. So yeah. we're going to bone up for it here when it gets a little closer yeah that's gonna be that'll be really cool it'll be pretty epic so on the horizon you know another thing that scared me as a kid what's that is unsolved mysteries oh my god unsolved mysteries yeah, scared I the think... shit i mean because it was presented as an actual like uh news show mm -hmm. that's how they presented it even though an adult would watch it and go oh this is kind of tongue-in-cheek and they're being a little silly and yeah but um it was I mean, terrifying. Yeah, I mean, they had paranormal stuff mixed in with, like, missing persons. Mm -hmm. So missing persons, obviously, is real, but then they'll have this hotel is haunted, and there's, like, a deformed uh, bartender that, you know, people witness. And, yeah. I mean, that stuff, as a kid, when I watched it, it would disturb me, and I would be scared to walk through my house or go into the kitchen because I'd be absolutely convinced that there would be some weird ghost like spinning a glass or something yeah. you know what i mean so i did have my moments oh th that was definitely i mean i would watch the show and be freaked out but <laughs> i i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't be around for the theme song like it terrified me i think that's a, there's a whole generation of people that feel that way yeah for sure I had a couple like that. I remember the X-Files. I didn't even watch X-Files, the show, but the theme song. With all the images, always freaked me out. <laughs> and then the other one was Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, I remember yeah. I would like stay up late on Saturdays. I'm pretty sure it was I'd watch Mad TV. And then right after it went off, Tales from the Crypt would come on. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that theme song kicked in, I'm like, oh, I gotta change it. Tales from the Crypt is so weird because 
I remember watching that show and being so disturbed by it as a young person, yeah. as a kid. And now I watch it as an adult and I realize, oh, this was all like purposely funny. It was like EC comics, yeah. like kind of silly and, and like heightened and you're never really supposed to be truly disturbed by it. It's, it's more just like fun and over the top and everything. So it's, it's really strange watching it as an adult versus when you were a kid and yeah. you took it all seriously. I mean, it there was, was never a... It was stark. Yeah. Just like horrible. Yeah. Horror. It was just horrifying. But now I watch it as an adult, and I really enjoy it. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun, yeah. uh, really well made. It's so. kind of funny how I don't know what it is about getting older that you're just like, what? How, how did that scare me? Well, I mean, I think Friday Thirteenth is a great example of that too. Yeah. Where, where as a kid, I mean, I took that all hundred percent seriously. I mean, I was just like, oh my god, you know, like again, living in the woods, I I, I just kind of pictured Jason on yeah. the peripheral being able to pop out anytime, and and now as now as an adult, I'm like, these are hysterical, and they yeah. meant them to be. Like, there's no way that these people didn't know. They were making like fun, you know, kind of silly movies. Uh, you know, it's just like a switch almost. You know, you kind of lose that magic at, at a certain point. When you're a kid, you just believe everything and uh. something kind of nice about it. But also, I mean, it'd be kind of pathetic if you still felt that way when you when you're like 30. You know? Yeah, I remember being like terrified of uh, Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare. Right, right. And you watch it now, and you're like. Did I have a head injury? Like, why would, why did this scare me? I remember he's uh, literally flying on a broom like the Wicked Witch of the Looney fucking Tunes. West. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah he literally pulls out like uh what is it where when he's fallen and he like drags out oh is yeah it, I forget what he pulls like out a, like a bullseye or something it's something like that yeah, yeah for him to very hit yeah and it's like I don't I don't understand how I was ever terrified by that terrified the shit out of me mm. so yeah well, i remember i saw that movie in the theater and i felt so adult like even i think i was like you know 11 or something yeah but i, but I felt like i have made like i'm seeing this full-fledged adult movie in the theater this mm -hmm. is amazing you know but you look back on it and it's like yeah obviously my parents felt totally comfortable me seeing that because right. it was just I mean, at that point, Freddy Krueger had, like, dolls and, you know, it was a Halloween costume staple. He had a, a hotline, everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Once again, foolish friends, Freddy Krueger is on your phone. Dial this number now. I've got some tales to tell. Freddy's favorite bedtime stories. <laughs> Dead time stories. All brand new and straight from my boiler room to your home. It's Freddy Krueger on your phone. So dial this number now if you dare. Tell them Freddy sent you. $2 the first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. Children, get your parents' permission before you dial. <laughs> yeah, everything had a hotline though. I mean, it was, uh, it's true. It was pretty out there, but except for Jason, that'd be a weird hotline. <laughs> that, 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 Just that, complete silence. Yeah, maybe you could hear what he was doing, and that would make it. Oh come yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Like audio play style yeah. almost. Except just someone screaming as they're being murdered. Oh, maybe, maybe they could get really sophisticated and they could almost like play back audio from where you are. Oh. And it makes it seem like, hold on, what? Is that coming from their, their end? You know, you yeah. think he's like getting closer? I don't know. 
That'd be Ooh. awesome. <laughs> we should have we should have been around back then. We could have been idea men. Yep. That was our discussion of paranormal in, uh, incidents. Yeah. Slash things that scared us as children. I hope you enjoyed. Hey, did anything scare you as a child? Let us know. <laughs> Comment on our YouTube channel down below or reach out to us on social media. I discussed earlier how you could do that. Yeah, you should remember it. So, we're not going to hold your hand on all this. It's at the Holler Kings. <laughs> and the Holler Kings at gmail.com. Reach out. Uh, Please. We're so lonely. <laughs> on that note, thank you for joining us. And Adam, thank you for participating. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Until next time. Holler back, y'all. <laughs> Farewell. <laughs>